Baruchah, that one thing is to uh, to hear with the intention of of responding to what you hear. I remember telling you that I had just heard somebody. There was a conversation, and Pastor Jim said it must have been husband and wife, and yes, it was. And uh, uh, the husband actually asked the wife, "Did you hear what I said?" And she said, "I." I did hear, but I already had made up my mind I was not going to do it. <laughs> you know, and she was probably right to tell you the truth. <laughs> but in that case, but anyway, that's not the that's not the kind of, of relationship we want to have between husband and wife, or between us and the Lord, right? He speaks to us, and and we don't really give attention to it, to to put our foot forward to do what he's saying. Then might as well, you know, the Lord knows what is important to us. He knows what we're responding to, you know, and we don't want to uh, show the Lord. That what he says goes one ear into one ear out of the other, right? We we want to give attention. We want to listen, right? Um, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of growth to to follow the scripture that says to be slow to speak and to be swift to hear, right? Uh, and so we are, we ought to be swift to hear. There's many times when I'm, uh, you know, when I'm in prayer with the Lord uh, by myself, that I said say to the Lord, Lord, you know, whatever that I would have to say to you, uh, I know and you know, I'm more interested in hearing what you have to say to me. So help me as I pray to hear you and to pay attention to you. And you know what? I have throughout the years released faith that I do hear from the Holy Spirit. It's not going to do you any good to say, I don't hear. Because if you say, I don't hear, you're going totally against the scripture. Because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Amen. So you hear. You make that change. You, 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 you make that, you know, your mind gets renewed. Your mind. See, you have the choice. You, you, you choose what you believe. Uh, you choose whether you're going to be in unbelief, which unbelief would be, you know, I read that scripture, but I believe we're always put a but or a why, you know, a question. Well, I know it says that, but why doesn't it happen, you know, in my life? See, all those things are part of unbelief. And we don't want to have anything to do with that. We want to please the Lord with faith. Amen? You know, you know uh, it's it's... Well, let's go ahead and continue. Let's go to um, uh, Melissa's there. Let's go to, um, let's see what scripture I'm going to give you. Luke 138. I think we ended here. And this is, uh, this is an angel that uh, appeared to Mary. Um, and, and, Mary said, and of course the angel appeared to her, and that would be in the prior verses, but just to make it um, shorter, uh, the angel uh, told him about how that she was going to bear a, a son, and that it was going to be, the Holy Spirit was going to overshadow her. That had never happened before. I mean, this was the virgin birth. You know, 
she even herself said, how can that be? I knew, I know, I've known no man, you know, and that, that meant that she had not had marital relations uh, with, you know, with, with uh, uh, her. She was a spouse. She was, what we would say, engaged. Uh, but they had not come together as husband and wife. And the Lord said, it's going to be the Holy Spirit that is going to overshadow you. Well, you know, she had a choice to believe it and accept it for her life, receive it, receive, accept something, or, or to go on a, on a mind, you know, uh, mind-blocking um, type of attitude, you know, like, <laughs> how, how, you know. Uh, but let me, let me read that scripture. Uh, so Mary, this was his respo her response. And it's amazing. An amazing response. Obviously the Lord knew who to choose. You know. And Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The angel did his job. He was successful in what he did. And, and so he, he, he delivered the message from the Lord. She received it. And then he departed. He didn't have anything else to do. He got it done. Amen? And so... Uh, so we see here that God, you know, this is going to answer one question. A lot of uh, religious people, you know, trying their best, but, that, but not having their mind uh, educated by the Word of God. They will think, well, God can do anything that He wants to, to anybody that He wants to. God can do anything. And they mean, I don't have to cooperate. Nobody has to cooperate. If God wants it done, he's going to get it done. And you know what? Uh, some of us may have thought that way at one time. Or some things that we said located us in a way that that's, that's really what we thought. You know, if God wants it, he's going to get it done. If God wants it, it's going to happen. Nobody's going to keep it from happening. Well... Let's look at the scripture, and we see throughout that that's not true. God needs the cooperation of, of, of somebody. Somebody needs to cooperate with God. Somebody needs to respond to God. Amen? That is why without somebody that will preach to somebody else, we would not be able to have anybody born again. That's why we don't just pray for people to be saved, but we bring the gospel to them. See? This, this concept of, oh, God's going to do it. You know, there, there, there may be, uh, I've heard of some, some exceptions, but prayer was involved there. Intercession was greatly involved. And in, in areas, because we've heard of Muslims that have had Angels who have had uh, Jesus. We heard the we heard the uh, uh, the report of somebody that had Jesus appear to them. You know, um, did you know that there are nations that are close to the gospel? If Christians can't go in, it is prohibited. In some places where Christians have uh, have been prohibited to go in, they've somehow gone in, but there are some countries that that just cannot, it's not possible. So, you know, those will be cases where, where the Lord is going to do some signs and wonders because we're going to, you know. But, but in countries such as ours, it's going to take 
you and me to respond to the Lord and go and, and, and give the gospel to someone else. Amen? And so um, it is the greatest joy. There's no, no greater joy to receive than to lead somebody to the Lord. Um, but anyway, so we see here how Mary responded, responded correctly. Mary believed the word that this angel brought to her. And it was something it had never happened before. It, it, I don't think it had ever crossed her mind the way that she responded. But, but the Lord needed her. See, God needed her agreement to bring something to pass in her life. So, so you see, it's, imp it's important. I was, um, actually, we were on, uh, on vacation. I was listening to, to Brother Hagen up and down the beach, and I listened to that particular um, CD. Oh, you know, it was on my iPod. Um, that particular message couple of times at least, maybe more, because it was just uh, so good, it was speaking to me. And uh, uh, he, uh, he was uh, uh, teaching that our will is important. The importance of our will, you see. And so we will to be healed. We see it as God's will, and we will it ourselves or whatever other blessing that the Lord has, has provided for us, you know, uh, in redemption. You have to put your will. In other words, this is, this is mine, and there is nothing that is going to block it from me. You see, it's what we, what we used to uh, call, you make, a, you make a decision, you make a quality decision. This is, I see in God's word, this is for me. And this is what I'm going to have. Amen. And I tell you what, there's, so, so there's, there's the, that cooperation, once again, with the Lord. That we understand that we're in this covenant with him. And he has declared his word. We receive his word. And we go together with him toward the same toward the same finish the same finish line you know with the, with the lord so uh, um let's go let's go to our, uh, um actually i'm not going to go to the scripture there because i want to go a little faster but in contrast during that same time uh where mary received that message from the angel there was another man it was zachariah who received a message, uh, and he was told that his wife was going to have a baby, and and his wife was Elizabeth, and she was of a certain age, uh, and they hadn't had uh, children, and the Lord tells Zachariah, who was a prison a priest, and he was in the uh, temple, uh, and and you know what. He did not respond like Mary did. He asked some question that was not a faith question. And you know what happened to him? He was, you, you know that, he was struck uh, that dumb, unable to speak for all the season of Elizabeth's pregnancy. <laughs> God had to do that so that he wouldn't things with your big mouth. <laughs> Wouldn't you want sometimes that to happen? No. I mean, rather, rather be stricken dumb that you, you know, forego the blessings of God because you're speaking all kinds of unbelief <laughs> and doubt. Oh my goodness. Thank God for his mercy. Or there would be Sundays we would come <laughs> Maybe half of the congregation couldn't speak. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, we had to have some laughter, right? <laughs> Not any of us 
Surely not any of us. <laughs> Praise God. So, so bless, bless his heart, Zachariah. You know, and then his tongue was loose when, uh, when he was asked how they were going to name the baby. Um, because, you know, um, it was unexpected that it was going to be John. And, and that is what the angel said, you'll name him uh, John. Well, Elizabeth received it. She was not the problem, it was Zachariah. And uh, praise the Lord, what a, what a blessing that John the Baptist uh, was, was born. Amen. So two, two uh, uh, miraculous interventions from the Lord, but of course Mary was the greater because that was a virgin birth. And so blessed is she, as the Bible says, we will, we, she will be talked about throughout eternity. Don't you want to meet her? I want to meet her. <laughs> she was the mother uh, of Jesus. And, and then she had children, natural children, with her husband, Joseph, after that. So uh, we were talking about the importance of not asking the wrong questions of the Lord, but of the Word of God. Um, I say this with all, you know, with all compassion, but I, I get asked why, you know, by people that have, that, that I would think they, they would have more understanding of the Word of God. Uh, but still, because something, some, you know, uh, sometimes there's difficult things that people go through. Things that are hard to understand, hard to put together. Things that ought not to happen. You know, how many of you do realize there's, there's a devil and there's evil? in this world. And there are uh, things that happen, you know, when we think we've heard it all, then we hear something else. And it's not the will of God. But people think, well, yeah, God didn't will it, but God permitted it. But that's not true either. Not the way that we think it. See, they think of God like he's up there, Okay, these I will permit, these I won't permit. No. You see, God will permit what you and I permit. God will permit what somebody else wills to do. Because God's not going to stop somebody from doing something they want to do. You see, we would want God to do that. You know, God stopped me from from saying these, well, you know what, he'll help you if you really, truly, truly mean it. <laughs> and you ask him, Lord, put a stop to, to my mouth uh, speaking unbelief. And you, you know, you fill yourself with the word of God, he'll help you. Oh yeah, he's helped us all, amen. But, but people have a concept of God that is really not biblical. And, and, and there is evil because people choose to do evil. And then there are evil things because, you know what, this, this, uh, this world is such, this, you know, this dispensation in which we are. But you know what, we have seen, as pastors, we have seen people go through tragedies, but, you know, go through it. And not ask God, God, why did you let this happen? But then you'll have others go through certain things. And even after many years, I still don't understand why that happened. <coughs> well, you know, the best thing is ask the Lord. He'll tell you. Amen. And then stop that door. It won't happen again. Amen? And don't give the devil the pleasure of, of torturing your mind, continuing to ask, 
Why did that have to happen? Why did that have to happen? You see, the, the moment that, that, you could, that you let yourself stop there, you will be hindered in your faith. The Lord will give you answers. And sometimes you may not like what you hear, but you receive it humbly, and you go on. Amen? We've all, uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've made some mistakes, you know, and, but to go before the Lord, and he shows you how you, or, or I've gone through certain things, and then you go before the Lord, and the Lord shows you where you missed it. If you really want to know, he'll tell you. He won't be mad at you, but he, he'll tell you because you asked him, you know, and then you know what? You close that door. You, you close that case. You close that door to the enemy anymore. And you continue to go, and you go to greater light. Amen? And then you don't allow that to happen again. And it doesn't happen again. Amen? And, and, but we're not going to let us, uh, let ourselves as questions uh, about the Word of God. About, Lord, I thought this word, you, you don't know how many people that we've had as say, well, I thought God was going to protect me. I thought God was not going to let that happen. Come on now, I know, I know this is not a jumping, jumping part of the service, but, but we have to hear these things sometimes. Don't go there. Don't let yourself go there. You pick up scripture in your heart and you start proclaiming who God is. Because see, the devil is a, is, is a deceiver and an accuser. And there's, 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 there's uh, two particular areas uh, or types of people that God, uh, that God opposes uh, for us to receive accusation, you know, uh, but the devil likes to bring those accusations. It's like two two sides of the coin. One, he'll either accuse you, you know, to make you feel like a failure. You fail here and there, you know, or the other, the devil will accuse God <coughs> to you. God failed. Neither of the two are we to receive. Neither, neither of the two will lead to your faith growing. You see, it'll, it'll keep you in a position of, uh, of uh, uh, failure and unbelief. And you, you, be, you, you know, the, you open the door. We will open the door to the enemy there. There's one thing that you need to have as an absolute I, and I encourage you to do it. I've done it throughout my life at different points in different ways. But because, you know, that's the way that I, I, I comes easy, you know, not uh, easy for me or I want to do it. But I have many lists of all of God's attributes, all that he is, all that I have found in his word that he is, scriptures telling me who he is. I want to know him. I want to grow in the knowledge of him. Amen? Whether it is I have a list of all his names. Oh, there's so many names that show who he is. You know? Or scriptures that tell you he's good, his mercy endures forever, for example. He's gracious and full of compassion. He's good to all. His tender mercies are over all his works. So I have, he is faithful. He's the faithful and, and the true. Amen. I mean, there's just so many. Uh, and so I have established that in my heart. So the devil can't accuse God to me anymore. He can't do that. It may have been, I may have, I may have missed it. Somebody else may have missed it. But it wasn't God. Because God is good. 
And like we said last week, that, that, and I remember now I said it last week, uh, John 10.10 10 says, the thief comes, cometh not, it says in the, in the King James, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So anything that steals, kills, or destroys is authored by the thief. Who's the thief? Satan, the devil. Is anything, has anything been stolen from you? Is anything being, being stolen from you? You know, whether it's finances, whether it's health, you know, or whether it is your joy, your peace, your soundness of mind. How about your sleep at night? I mean, we could go on and on. Anything that steals, anything that kills, anything that destroys. It doesn't come from God. And Jesus said, I came to give you life. Life more abundantly. Anything that brings life, more abund abundantly there. Amplified says, to the full till it overflows. And that's, that is a God. That is a God. So, so you see, it's very easy. So we start from that premise. We do not believe any of the devil's accusations, and we do not receive accusations of the devil against God. See, he continues to try to do what he did at the, at the, uh, at the Garden of Eden with uh, Eve. Has God said, you see, it's, 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 it's his, one of his main M.O.s. He got through one time, and so he, you know, and he's, since he's gone through many times, because people, even people, precious people of God that are headed to heaven, have not had their, their hearts established in the truth of who God is and how God does. Thank God, gone are the days where so many of God's people were so ignorant of God's word. You, I remember growing up, people uh, hearing people say, you never know what God's going to do. You know? And thank God I never let that sink in. I, I don't think my dad ever said that. But you'd hear people say that. And then I learned, well, you know, I, excuse me, with all due respect, people that say that show that they've not read their Bible. Because God always speaks. The, his pattern is before he would do anything, he would talk about it. So, yes. We can know what he's going to do. And he has a pattern. He has a way of doing things. He's the most reliable. There's no one you can trust more than him. There's no one that, that can assure you uh, better of what he's going to do. Because we know his nature. See, we know his character. The word of God tells us about him is full, full of the knowledge of him. And we grow in the knowledge of him. Amen. He wants us to know. I mean, he even speaks the end from the beginning, the Bible says. You can trust him. He's trustworthy. You know why I can trust my husband? The more that I got, you, you know. I mean, I did. Get, I, I married him with with total intention of trusting him. He'd already had given me, uh, you know, enough proof. Uh, but you know, the more that you know somebody, 
the more that you know somebody that is trustworthy, let me put it that way, then the easier it is to trust. Right? So is God trustworthy? And, and why do we know it? We begin to know it through his word. Then we come to know it in experience. But we base our, our experience in what his word says not vice versa. Okay? We don't ba base what the Word says by our experience, but rather we base our experience on what the Word of God says. All right? And so, never question anything that has to do with your redemption right. It's okay if you ask the Lord other things. Of, of course. Uh, you know, things like, Lord, do you want me to go here, go there? Uh, you know, accept this job or not, marry this person or not. He knows best. I, and he'll tell you. He, he'll tell you. He'll show you. Uh, but we don't want to let the devil uh, fill our minds with questions. See, uh, that, that are already answered in God's word. Amen? That the main way that God speaks to us is through his word. And that's why, uh, you know, we take pleasure in reading at least a portion of it every day, little by little, every day. Amen? Uh, so let's, let's continue just a little bit more. Let's go. Let's go today to, um, to Matthew 6, 8. But on our way there, um, did want to say these. Uh, it occurred to me I had not brought that up. Questions out of the mental realm, you see. But answers out of the spirit realm, the faith realm. And so um, this is one thing that some, some Christians have not been able to realize that they operate in the mental realm more than in the spirit realm. You know, and we do have a mind. We have a soul that is comprised of our mind, our will, our emotions. And, and we do need to use our mind. And, and we do train our children uh, to use it, right? And... Uh, uh, some people have a more capable mind than others or not, you know. Uh, I thought it was funny today. I don't know what validity is there to that, but I read somewhere that if you want to have a baby with a high IQ, that the mother should eat eggs <laughs> because of what the eggs have in it. So did you eat eggs? when you have, Because you have, you have a couple geniuses that you gave birth to. Did you eat eggs when you were pregnant with them? Yeah, she said, yeah. <laughs> it is probably a bit comical. <laughs> but, but anyway, so we have, we have a mind, uh, but we don't, we, when it comes to, when it comes to faith, faith is of the heart. It's superior. Amen. It's another realm. It's another realm. You know, that's why we say we have the five uh, physical senses, but then we have faith. Faith is, 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 the, is heaven's currency. Somebody called it. So when, when, uh, uh, when God speaks to us, we want to respond correctly from a from our spirits and not our heads, all right? And the Word of God is deposited in our hearts. Now, our mind remembers because our mind is being renewed day by day. Amen? So let's go to Matthew 6, 8. Notice here that, uh, you know, at, at one of the ways to, uh, to respond to the Lord um, is 
by receiving, receiving his word. That's one way that we respond to the Holy Spirit. And so right here in Matthew, this is very simple. Uh, but sometimes some people get a bit confused. It says, therefore, do not be like them, Jesus says. Uh, in other words, don't be like those that, that worry about things and like those that don't have a, a heavenly father to care for them. Uh, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. But notice here, he knows the things you have need of, but he still says ask. He says, ask and you will receive. I bring this up because some people, without realizing, or some realizing, they've gotten the idea, I don't have to ask the Lord because he already knows what I need. But you see, we're in speaking terms with the Lord. All right? And some people think, well, why is it that I'm not receiving? Well, did you ask? Ask. And you will receive. He knows the things you have need of. See, that, that's where that religious thinking comes. Where people say, well, the Lord knows that I need healing. So it is his will to heal me. He'll do it. I've, I've had people say things like that to us. Right? Yeah. No, he knows what you need. But you need to put your faith out. You need to trust him. You go and ask him. But you don't ask wondering whether he's going to respond or not. That's not what Jesus said. That's not he, but the way he said to us. He said, ask and you will receive. In another scripture he says, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. He wants you to be full of joy. Because you not only asked, but you received what you asked. So see, then what does James, uh, uh, I think it's James 4.2. What does James 4.2 say? Uh, it, this, is, this is good. It's coming just a moment. goes along with this. Uh, and it's the last portion of that scripture. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. So that's another thing that the Bible tells us. Why is it that you don't have? Well, because you didn't ask. But you see, but people continue to say, well, God knows what I need. So he must not have wanted me to have it. Again, read your Bible. Connect the dots. <laughs> Bring scriptures together. Amen. When you do that, and you have that arsenal of scripture, it, it feeds your faith. And then you act on the word of God. You don't act because you feel goosebumps, or you've, today you really feel the presence of God, or you're really happy because you did something wonderful for the Lord, and so you made the Lord really happy. You know what? The Lord is happy every day, all the time. <laughs> Glory to God. So, so he, he wants us to ask. You know, this is, this is, I'm not saying you have something to ask every day. But there are days you have some things to ask from the Lord. But every day you have something to talk to the Lord about. Every day you have praise. And thanksgiving, right? Every day. Every day you acknowledge all that he is to you. Don't you? Yeah. Every day you acknowledge all that you walk in because of what he has done for you. You know, and sometimes you get to go in like that. And before you know it, when you thought you didn't have anything to ask, the Holy Spirit will give you something to ask. You know, and there's nothing greater 
that, that a petition that the Holy Spirit puts in your heart for you to ask that you hadn't even thought about. Because, you know, God always wants more for you than what you want for you. It's the truth. He, he always does. You know? Glory to God. You know, I've heard of I've heard testimonies, and you know, usually it's people from the pulpit. But that that uh, uh, I remember this one time. I, I, well, it was it was Pastor Nancy. Now it comes to mind uh, that that the Lord put in her heart to buy uh, Amy Simple uh, MacPherson's um, castle. I think they call it a castle, don't they? She she hadn't thought about that. She she didn't even have that that you know petition in her heart. But she's there, minding her own business, praising the Lord, thanking the Lord, uh, fellowshipping with the Lord, and the Lord puts in her heart that that uh, I want you to believe for that for that uh, uh, house, for that castle. And it was not for sale at the time. I, I haven't heard that story for a long time. The Holy Spirit just brought it up. So you're going to have to help me. He says, no. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to do my, my best not to butcher it. <laughs> uh, and so, but the Lord had, had said that that's going to be yours. So believe for it. So you know when you're going to believe for something you ask, well, thank, thank you, Lord. I ask you for that. There's been, and anyway, to make a long story short, it was a, a little process of a, a time, but uh, they called her and they said, you know, because she contacted the person. They had it kind of like a museum for people to go see. Uh, and... Uh, in uh, no intention, the the Foursquare denomination to uh, to sell it. Um, but then she got a call, and she said, "You know, we want to sell it to you." And so the Lord put that in her heart. Let me tell you, God always thinks bigger than you. You think that you're asking the Lord something too big, oh. No. You know, it's like I heard one time and it made me laugh. I was hearing, I believe it was Keith Moore. Uh, and he was saying, you know, when we come to the Lord with our great ideas, it's kind of like when our kids were, you know, three and four-year-old, and they would draw this picture and they would have to tell us what it was, you know. <laughs> I sometimes... We would. Did, did it happen to you? You'd say, "Oh, did you draw such as?" No, this is such and such. Oh, okay. So you know, you wrote down what it was, you know, <laughs> and then you put it on the fridge, and you thought so proudly, you know, of your child that had done this Picasso, you know. Well, that's what the Lord does with our ideas that we think they're so great. He goes, "Well." Darling, good for you. You did so good. He puts that on his fridge. <laughs> so proud of us, of us that we came up with this little thing that he thinks, well, one of these days they will grow up <laughs> and think bigger. Oh, my goodness. Praise the Lord. Who was it? All robbers had a sign. No small, no small ideas here or something like that. Oh, my goodness. Glory to God. It matters who you hang around with. It matters who you fellowship with. When you're around uh, people of faith, big thinkers, nothing is impossible to God, people. Nothing is impossible if I believe. Amen? People that... that are full of the Word of God and full of the Holy Ghost, it helps you to think bigger. I encourage you, watch who you're around. 
Now, you know, don't be ugly because we get to, we get to praise the, the three, four-year-olds that come up with the, those pictures, right? <laughs> Glory to God. Uh, and, and we give people opportunity to grow. Uh, but when it comes to fellowship and close friendship, it's, we, we get to choose who do we give input in our lives. Amen? So um, the, the, uh, um, let's go to Hebrews 4.2. No, no, no. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5.19. I'll finish with these. Uh, I'll finish with two scriptures. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 and Ephesians 4.30. I, I will finish with that because I went uh, different than what I had planned. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It is such a privilege that we have to live by the Word of God. Amen. Uh, to feed on God's Word and to live by it. So we're talking mainly about how to how to follow the Holy Spirit, how to respond to Him, whether it is in prayer, whether it is in our daily lives as we go on. Uh, you know, we, we uh, grow uh, and we, we, first we desire it, we see it in God's Word, and then we live that way, uh, a way where we're aware of the Holy Spirit because He's in us. We've been born again. He's in us. He's in us. He's with us. He'll never leave us. He won't forsake us. He's not one day accepting us and the other day is refusing us. We're accepted in him. He can talk to us. If we will listen, if we will uh, be receptive, he can talk to us when we're doing other natural things. You know? Uh, truly, I find that I find that um, even when I have my my brain really occupied, even doing mathematical things, if I've done them, you know, so many times, even then, the Holy Spirit, I can hear Him, you know, because I tell Him, interrupt me, talk to me, <laughs> you know, and you can you can hear. Otherwise, if it's something that's really intense and you have your brain really, then, uh, uh, and you're having, a, uh, you know, to do something like that, it may not be the, the time where you're going to hear. But a lot of us do a lot of things. Um, just, we didn't even realize. Have you ever driven somewhere and you got there, you got there, you didn't, you know, you did stop at every stop sign, and you, you did you did do fine, but you realize, oh my God, how did I get here? <laughs> did, has that ever happened to anybody? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. So I'm not abnormal. <laughs> how how did I get here? Because you know, because you, you've done it so many times. You've done it so many times that you really were not giving it your 100% attention. <laughs> and, you know, so the Holy Spirit can, can talk to you, you see. So here, 1 Thessalonians 5.19, Ephesians 4.30, I want to remind us of these. We, we want to respond to the Holy Spirit. We're, we're uh, needing it. It's, it's paramount more than ever because... We're, we're, we want to be, we want to be in, we want to live in revival. We have a debt to pay. Did you know that? We have a debt to pay to the lost. Glory to God. And so here in First Thessalonians 5.19, do you have, by the way, do you, otherwise I, that's why I brought it. Do you have the message translation there, too? You girls have that one, too? Okay. But first, give me the New King James. So, 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, Do not quench 
the spirit. So this we're, we're told that don't quench him. The message of that one says, never restrain, but put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that good? So, so we, can, we can hinder him. See, we can hinder the Holy Spirit from, from moving, from speaking to us, from leading us, from guiding us, from directing us, or showing us, uh, showing us, you know, the way that we should go, etc. We can hinder him if we fail to respond to him by quenching him. I like that. It says, so this is the message? This is the, so which one is this one? Oh, that's the passion. <laughs> Duh. This is the passion. Uh, so don't, uh, it was one of those things too, like how did I get here? <laughs> I, had, I, had, I knew you had the message there. <laughs> so I brought the passion. Don't suppress the spirit. Don't stifle those who have a word from the master. On the other hand, don't be gullible. Check out everything. Keep only that uh, which is good. Throw out anything tainted with evil. All of that's so good. It's not just advice. It's to be part of our lives. So, uh, and there's different uh, verses that we read together because the message, you know, they have clusters. But verse 19 says, don't suppress the spirit. That's what it says. Don't suppress the spirit. And the passion says, never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. That's so good. So don't restrain. Let the Holy Spirit have the freedom to speak to you. Amen? Let him... He's not, he's not a parasite. He's God who made the holy decision to make his home in you. And we are to honor, honor him, respect that and value that. The Holy Spirit is in you, lives in you. So I'm not going to restrain him. I'm not going to, you know, and we can uh, restrain him by ignoring him. And Ephesians 4.30, we'll finish with this one. Uh, it's similar. Let's see. So, the, I have the passion here, but you'll give me the message. I'm sure you probably have the passion there too. But uh, the New King James says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Don't grieve him. Uh, let's, let's finish that, that verse. We'll finish the verse. And, uh, and the other one. Because you've been sealed. See, so don't, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Did you know you've been sealed? There's a seal. You've been branded. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the Holy Spirit, I don't mind that branding, do you? I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that he knows I'm his. He can find me anywhere, anytime. And it's, but don't grieve him. He says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And so you're going to give me the message while I read the, uh, the Passion. The Passion says, so never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence in your life. I like that. Don't take for granted his holy influence in your life. Never grieve the Spirit of God. Amen? We don't want to do it in services. We don't want to do it in our lives. We don't want to do it 24-7. We don't, 
You know, we don't want to grieve him. We don't want to take for granted his holy influence. We don't want to dismiss him. You know, we want to be sensitive to him. You know, he's in us to do us good. It really is. He, he's in us to show, to show us greater things. You know, I, I, I was uh, uh, realizing the other day, I uh, was reading some passages of Scripture, and, and then it reminded me of Ephesians 3.20, where it says that God is able to do a, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, you know, and, and it was the realization that here was uh, Solomon who asked for wisdom, but God added riches to him. And Abraham was asking for, for, for a son, and God gave him nation. He always does exceeding abundantly above what we ask or think. Hallelujah. I mean, he's a, he's a big God. He's a big God. And he's, he's looking for people that are willing to be dreamers with him. He likes people like that. He likes hanging out with Kevin. He likes hanging out with Mark. Picking on the men today. He likes, likes hanging out with Chris. There's more to Chris that would meet the eye. And, and with all of you, one by one. But I don't want to keep you any, any longer. So let's read that in the message and we go, don't grieve God. Whoa. Look at the message. They went really um, uh, contemporary. Don't break his heart. And you understand what, what that loosely means. Oof, his Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life. That's so true. Making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. Oh, I like that. Meditate on that. I like that. Don't grieve him. Don't grieve him. Don't, don't, uh, just walk close and, and, and thankfully that you get to. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you. Is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. You see, the Holy Spirit being in us makes us fit. Makes us fit to fellowship with God. Hallelujah, we're his. Makes us fit to come into the throne of grace boldly. Don't take such a gift for granted. Amen? Let's be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He wants to do more in our lives. He wants to show us uh, more of himself, of the Father, of Jesus. He wants to lead us to more. He wants, he wants the, uh, to, to show his, his, his sons and his daughters, make a display openly. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, I think I'm preaching better than you're responding. But, but you're learning to respond, right? The, you do realize that the way that people respond in the pews is important. I'm not saying draw attention to yourself by speaking loudly, but respond. You know, um, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's important. And it teaches us to respond to him. You know, it's, I, I find that, that if I cling to, like when pastor's preaching, for example, uh, uh, he's teaching, uh, he usually teaches a more of a preacher sometimes. Uh, and I, I, the best way not to fall asleep, because how many of you know that the pe precious people, the best of them, have gone fishing and <laughs> in church at some time or another, and we don't say a thing. Because we understand. But anyway, the best way, cling to the word. And, and, and if there's something that the Holy Spirit 
drives in, vocalize it. You don't have to be loud about it because you don't want the attention to go to you uh, away from the speaker, you know. Uh, but, but you can repeat what he said. And that's the best way that I know to stay clinging to what, to, you know, and responding to the Holy Spirit because we believe that we come to hear from him. Amen. So we're Holy Spirit responders. We respond to him. We have ears for him. And he has our heart and he has our interest and he has our best at heart. Amen. Okay, praise the Lord. Well, thank you for coming this summer, summer day.